Praise the Lord. Y'all look so beautiful tonight. Thank you for coming out on a rainy night to be in the presence of the Lord and to hear the word of the Lord. I'm not real good at small talk, so we're just going to move right into the word. I want to um, briefly touch on a scripture in Acts chapter 17. This is not my scripture text, but I want to talk about something real quick before we move into the text that we're going to lean on mostly tonight. And it's Acts 17, and I want to look at verses 26 and 27, and this is what it says. The NLT version says, from one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and when they should fall, and he determined their boundaries. So just to expand on that just for a moment, the Lord is the one who created the nations throughout the whole earth. He is the one beforehand, before they were ever even created, he is the one that decided and determined when they should rise and when they should fall. He is the one that determined their boundaries. Verse 27 says, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. Another translation says it like this. It says, he fixes times and boundaries for the men and women that he has created to be on the earth. In other words, when God created you, he fixed a time frame and a boundary for your life and for your destiny. Every one of us has a time frame that has already been set for your life. So tonight, we're going to talk about and we're going to expand on separation and demarcation. Separation is a self-explanatory word. It simply means to be set apart. It means to be pulled out, to be pulled away from, to not be a part of. Demarcation is a dividing line or a fixed boundary line that is being set. So it's the setting of a boundary line. According to Paul, each of us have boundary lines that have been set for our own lives, for ministry and for the anointing that's upon your life. So God fixes time and he fixes boundaries. When God created you, he created you for this time. You are created for a time such as this. And we're going somewhere with this, so don't get bored on me. If God is the one who sets the boundaries, then God is the only one that can move the boundaries. This is an hour. The church is in an hour that God is expanding the boundary lines of the church. The hour that we're living in right now is an hour that the church is going to carry more influence and more power in the earth than we have before, than we ever have in, have in my lifetime. So we are the church, so that means you individually. The Lord is reestablishing demarcation between his people and those who may be imposters of his people. So the hour of the church has come that the bride of Christ is going to stand out. The hour has come where the bride of Christ, where the church, God's sons and daughters, can no longer blend in with the world. We're in a season of separation and demarcation where we can no longer hide anymore. 
The church is no longer going to be able to hide who we belong to. We are either for him or we are against him. Just as we clearly see a dividing line in the natural world that we're living in today, in our nation, you are either on the right side or you are either on the left. There is no in-between. And whichever side you're on, you're passionate about it. You should be anyway. We're going to see the same thing. We are actually right now seeing that same thing happen in the church. We are seeing who really is for the Lord and who is not for the Lord. And the Lord is calling the bride of Christ out to be separate he is calling the church to a season of separation and demarcation. It's going to be very noticeable who is for him and who is against him. There's no room for a lukewarm church in the body of Christ right now. And we have looked and acted like the world long enough, and God's calling us out. He is singling us out from the crowd. We're living in an hour that God is separating the real from the false, from the genuine, and the imitation. The Word of God tells us not to be conformed to this world. And we've done everything that we can to be acceptable to the world. And in the process, we've become more like the world than we have separated from it. So I just wanted to clear that up before we move in to our text. And we're going to go to Second uh, Kings chapter 9. Verses 1 through 13, I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it says, And Elisha the prophet called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, Get yourself ready. Take this flask of oil in your hand and go to Ramoth Gilead. Now when you arrive at that place, look there for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in and make him rise up from among his associates, and take him to the inner room. Then take the flask of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and do not delay. So the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead, and when he arrived, there were the captains of the army sitting, and he said, I have a message for you, commander. Jehu said, for which one of us? And he said, for you, commander. Then he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head and said to him, Thus says the word of the Lord, God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord, over Israel. You shall strike down the house of Ahab, your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish." And I will cut off from Ahab all the males in Israel, both bond and free. So I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. The dogs shall eat Jezebel on the plot of ground at Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. Then Jehu came out to the servants of his master and one said to him, is all well? Why did this madman come to you? And he said to them, you know the man in his babble. And they said, a lie, tell us now. And he said, 
Thus and thus he spoke to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then each man hastened to take his garment and put it under him on the top of the steps, and they blew the trumpets, saying, Jehu is king. So it's here in this scripture text that we see that Jehu went through a time of separation and demarcation. It's during this time that Jezebel and Ahab are ruling over God's people. We've talked about Jezebel a lot this year, so you should be very familiar with her. Um, They are very wicked, and they are persecuting God's people. They're killing off the prophets of God. They were haters of justice and righteousness, and they opposed anything that was pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? But the prophet Elisha hears from the Lord, and Elisha knows that Jehu is the appointed and the anointed one that's going to be used in this hour to defeat Jezebel and Ahab. We know this because it's already prophesied in 1 Kings. God had already purposed that Jehu would be the one to defeat Jezebel and Ahab. Jehu doesn't know it yet, but Elisha knew it. And let me just say that there are some things and there are some assignments that God has already purposed for you that you just don't know about yet. So here we are, Elisha said to the son of the prophet, he said, I want you to go in and I want you to tell Jehu to rise up from among his associates and I want you to take him to the inner room. He said, I want you to take him to the inner chamber in a private room, in a private setting where it's just him and the presence of the Lord. So Jehu is in Ramoth Gilead. He's sitting at a table with all of his friends. And all of a sudden, this son of the prophet shows up, and God said, tell him to rise up from the table of his brethren. And in that moment, when Jehu was sitting at the table with all the other captains and all the other commanders, is a moment that he was singled out. He was separated from the crowd. And the Lord said, pull him out from among the crowd. Separate him. Make him rise up in front of everyone because I'm calling him out of that group for a specific purpose and for a specific time. So if you feel like you are isolated and you are all alone in your walk with the Lord, it's all right. Don't be discouraged about that. The Lord has you positioned there for a reason and for a purpose and for an assignment. So be encouraged in that. And I believe that that's where the church is at right now. The church can no longer blend in with the crowd. We can no longer hide in the crowd. And I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but God is doing a work in the body of Christ. God is causing the bride of Christ to rise up from the table. He is causing the bride of Christ to push themselves away from the table for a time such as this. There are more prayer groups going on right now than I've ever seen in my lifetime. There are more Christians that are rising up and taking notice right now than in my lifetime, my very few short years, that I have ever seen. And to God be the glory for that. Verse 4 says that when the son of the prophet arrives at Ramoth Gilead, the commanders of the army are sitting at the table. Now, can I just make a really bold statement right here and just say that there are too many commanders in God's army that are just sitting around when there's a war going on. We need to be strategizing. We need to be in that inner room, leaning our ear towards the Lord and setting our faces before the Lord to find out what the heavenly strategy is for this hour. 
the transformation that God wants to do in the body of Christ is going to take place in the secret place. It's going to take place when you get all alone with him away from the crowd. What the Lord wants to do in the lives of his sons and daughters, it's not for show. It's the real deal. The transformation that takes place in the secret place is an undeniable work of the Holy Spirit. Jehu gets up that day, and I'm sure that he went through his normal routine. He's hanging out with his friends, and he has no idea what the Lord has prepared for him that day. He has no idea the plans that the Lord has for him and what the day is going to look like and what those plans entail. So they're sitting there, and the son of the prophet says, I have a word for you, commander. Now, there were commanders sitting at the table, and guess who spoke up? Jehu is the one that spoke up and he said, who are you talking to? Are you talking to him? Are you talking to me? And the prophet says, I'm talking to you, commander. So Jehu rose up and he went into the inner chamber with the prophet. And can I just tell you that that's where the Lord is calling the church. He's calling his sons and daughters to that secret place, to that private place, to the abiding place, the place where his glory dwells. It's in the secret place with God that you're going to find an anointing that will change you and transform your life forever. A place where you can go and you will never be the same. It's in the inner chamber that the prophet poured the oil on Jehu's head. And he said, thus says the word, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord, over Israel. So Jehu started his morning as a captain over many, but he ended his day as the king, the leader of Israel, because of the anointing. In one day, in one moment, in a single encounter, Jehu's life was completely interrupted and it would never be the same. His influence and his entire life changed in a moment because of the encounter and the anointing that he had with the Lord. He went from being part of a group to being pulled out and separated for a purpose. In one day, Jehu's boundaries expand and an anointing comes upon his life that transforms him forever. And the prophet goes on to say to Jehu, he said, you shall strike down the house of Ahab, your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab all the males in Israel, both bond and free. So I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, and the son of Ahijah, the dogs shall eat Jezebel on the plot of ground at Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. The prophet opened the door and fled. The prophet pours the oil onto Jehu's head. He delivers a bomb of a word over the life of Jehu. And then he did exactly what the prophet was instructed to do by Elisha. He opened the door and he fled. He took off running. So the prophet is basically saying in this scripture to Jehu, he said, you all have been sitting here all of this time terrified of Jezebel and Ahab, worried about what's about to come down the pike. He said, but now the anointing is upon you and now you're the king and now you have an assignment. He said, you're the leader. He said, and you're going to be the one that's going to kill both of them. You're going to be the one that's going to defeat the enemy for your nation. 
He said, the very thing that you have been afraid of is the very thing that you have just been anointed to defeat. So the prophet takes off running. Why was the prophet instructed to not delay? Why was the prophet instructed to give the word and leave? Maybe it's because there's no time to sit around and discuss what the Lord has said to do. Maybe there's no time to question it. Maybe there's no time to second guess God's word. Maybe there's no time to sit around and just analyze the instruction of the Lord. Maybe there's no time to sit around and analyze and question if God said you're called to do something, then you're called to do it. The word of the Lord is what it is. It's time to hear the word of the Lord and obey. And that is what is pleasing to the Lord. It's time to act upon the word that we hear. Too many times we spend too much time trying to talk God out of things. I'm guilty. I've done it. Lord, don't make me do that. Lord, I'm not qualified to do that. Lord, I can't do that. But if the Lord said it, he has anointed you to do it. And that is the word of the Lord tonight. So we're in a season where time is of the essence. We don't have time to sit around and question God. We don't have time to rationalize our obedience. God is saying, when I speak, obey. You can trust me. The word of the Lord is what it is. It's time to rise up from the table and obey the word of the Lord. So Jehu comes out of the chamber and he tries to go back to life as normal. Isn't that just like many of us? Don't we do the same thing? We had a wonderful move of the Lord this morning. And, and how many times do we come and have an encounter with the Lord and an incredible experience with the Lord and a mighty move of God or we hear a word of the Lord and then we leave and we just want to go right back to the crowd that we just walked away from or we want to go right back to the life as we knew it or we want to go right back to the workplace without a change and without anyone noticing that anything is different about us. We do that because that's what's comfortable to our flesh. But the Lord is calling us to a place that might be uncomfortable. He's calling us to do things that might make us a little bit uncomfortable or it might not accommodate our normal schedule. But where we are right now in our nation and as a body and in the spirit of the Lord, we're not going back. We're not going back to anything. We have been called for a time such as this. We have been anointed for a purpose and for an assignment and for a season to defeat the enemy that has come against his people. We're not going to go back and sit back down at the table like nothing ever happened. It's our human nature to want to return back to what is familiar to us, to what we know. But those days are over. We're not going back because God did not call us to just blend in. He called us to be separate. He called us to be different. <clears throat> so what, what God did in the life of Jehu, what God did, what God spoke to Jehu in the inner room, and what God did by anointing Jehu in the private chambers of the inner room prevented Jehu from going back to his table and being seated at the same table like nothing ever happened. It was impossible to do. Jehu could not go back out into the crowd and just blend in. Because he had just been anointed of the Lord. So what makes this so important? Hold on a minute. You guys wondering what this is? It's not a Christmas present. It could be.
This is Wesson oil. This is cooking oil. This is a gallon of oil. That's a lot of oil, isn't it? What makes this so important is that a flask of oil or a hen of oil or a horn of oil is one and a half of these. So what the prophet poured over Jehu's head was one and a half of these. The anointing oil in the Old Testament, when it was made, it could not be made in lesser or greater amounts. It had to be made in this amount every time. If I were to pour this oil on my head, it would be everywhere. It would be all over me. I would not be able to contain it. I would be saturated in it. It would be dripping from me. Everywhere that I walk, I would leave my mark. And that is exactly what happened with Jehu. When the Lord anointed him with the oil, he was dripping in the oil. And he thought he was going to go out there and be seated at the table like nothing ever happened. He could not hide what the Lord just done to him. And some of us are all right with a little dab of oil when we come up here. But many of us are not okay with an anointing oil that consumes every part of our life. But that is exactly what the Lord wants to do. He wants to anoint you. He wants to pour his spirit out upon you in such a way that it cannot be hidden anymore. In such a way that you're not going to blend in with the crowd. We don't want to blend in with the crowd. We're not called to blend in with the crowd. We are called to be separate and anointed for a time such as this. So the prophet tells Jehu, rise up from your chair. Come into the inner chamber. In the inner chamber, God speaks things to Jehu that are nobody else's business. When you are living in the anointing of God and walking in the spirit of God, let me just give you, I want to share something. I've never shared this before. Jehu came out and he wanted to blend in with the crowd and he didn't want to tell anybody what was going on. And I've never, I've never shared this because some people would think it's just crazy and bizarre. Well, that's okay. That's all right because my Lord just does things that's crazy sometimes and I love it. But some time ago, I was at home and um, it was bedtime and I got myself ready for bed. And I, I was laying there in bed. The lights were out and I was trying to go to sleep. And I smelled something and I thought, what is that smell? Where is that coming from? And it was a beautiful smell. You know how when the dryer's going and your house smells up with the bounce sheet or whatever, or you got candles lit? Well, this smell, I laid there, and it was so strong, and it was so close to me, I thought, somebody is in my house because I smell them. You know what I'm saying? When someone has strong perfume on and they come around you and you can smell them. I was laying there in bed and I'm not crazy. I'm not, I don't lay in bed at night and worry about things. But I was trying to go to sleep and I noticed the aroma and I thought, what is that? And it wasn't a spicy smell. It was not a strong smell. It was a beautiful smell. And it was a light smell. And I was just laying there trying to figure out where in the world this could be coming from. And I heard the Lord say, Rhonda, that is my presence. And I could not move. I could not move in my bed because I thought, oh my Lord, 
what an honor, what an honor to be blessed with the aroma of the king. And you can think that's crazy all you want, but that's okay. That's my moment that the Lord gave me. And why did I share that with you? That is something that happened in private. That is something that the Lord shared with me that I now get to tell you about. Because when you are abiding in the inner room, when you are abiding in the presence of the almighty king and the anointing comes and is upon you, God will speak things to you that are nobody else's business. God will speak things to you that somebody else can't say to you and make you believe it. I I could not understand that experience had I not had that experience for myself. But it was the most beautiful light smell. And I just lay there in awe of the Lord, paralyzed in awe, not in fear, but just in awe and gratitude that the Lord would grace me with his presence in such a way. And I told you that to let you know that when you are abiding in the presence of God, he will show you things that you can't know. He will expose things to you. He will reveal things to you. He will reveal secrets to you in the inner chamber and the anointing, when the anointing comes. But when Jehu came out, he was marked by the Lord. He was marked by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He wanted to go back to the table as things, as though things were the same. And he couldn't because he didn't look the same. And that's what the Lord wants to do to his church. That's what the Lord wants to do to the body of Christ. He wants to pour his spirit out upon us in such a way that we are noticeable, in such a way that we are no longer hidden in the crowd. So he took Jehu in the inner room, and when Jehu come out, what had happened could not be hidden. God did something in Jehu on the inside when he was abiding in that inner room with the presence of the Lord that could not be hidden on the outside. It was evident to those on the outside that something had just transformed in his life. The oil could be seen, it could be felt, it could be touched, it could be smelled. So God did something to Jehu on the outside, even though those, had, those on the outside had no idea what had just happened. So he came out of the inner room, planning to just keep this experience to himself. And when he returned to his seat at the table, verse 11 says, Then Jehu came out to the servants of his master, and one said to him, Is all well? Why did this madman come to you? He's saying, Hey, man, are you okay? What just happened in there? And Jehu mocked the prophet. And he said, you know that man. He's just a babbler. He's just a crazy man, and he's just babbling. But they could see the evidence on Jehu's face. They could see the evidence of the anointing oil on Jehu's head dripping from his body. And they said to him, that is a lie. You tell us right now what happened in there. And Jehu made a confession with his mouth. He declared what the word of the Lord spoke over him. And he said, I have been anointed and called to be king over Israel. 
So when you've been in the presence of God and you get alone with the Lord and you set your eyes and your ears and your face before the Lord in the secret place, when you separate yourself from everyone around you and from the world and you obey the word of the Lord and you follow the leading of the Lord, the anointing will come. You won't be able to contain it. Jesus is the anointing, and he is the one that will anoint you. He is the one that will pour his spirit out upon you. And we use this anointing oil in our services as an outward expression of what's happening on the inside. We use this oil. We anoint one another and pray over one another because that's what the word of the Lord says. But that is an outward expression of what is happening in the spirit. The Lord wants to anoint each of us. But it's Jesus that pours the oil over our head. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that has power and authority over the enemy. Jesus who alone did not have the authority to lead his brothers into battle. But once the anointing came upon him, his words carried authority. If Jehu had said to his brethren that he was going to be king over Israel and he was going to be the one to defeat Jezebel and Ahab, he very likely may have been killed if he had made that confession before he was anointed to do it. But once the anointing was poured upon him, then everything that came out of his mouth had power. And if you'll keep reading the story on past verse 13, you will see just how much power he carried. He carried so much authority that when Jezebel received word that he was on his way, that he was coming, she became very afraid. She was so much afraid that when the watchmen of Jezreel saw Jehu approaching, Jezebel sent messengers out one by one and was asking him, do you come in peace? Are you coming in peace? And Jehu, with the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit, he looked at every single one of them that came out and he said, what do you know about peace? He held them accountable with the authority of God and the anointing of God that was upon them. And he said, turn around and follow me. Now, he's talking to Jezebel's servants, and, he, and they said, are you coming in peace? And he said, what do you know about peace? You turn around and follow me. And everyone that he said that to turned around and followed him until she finally sent her captain, one of her captains. Are you coming in peace? He replied with the same answer, what do you know about peace? Turn and follow me. And the captain of Jezebel turned and followed him turned and followed him and joined his army. There was a turnaround that took place. Each one of them done exactly what Jehu told them to do. And the Lord is calling the bride of Christ. He's calling you and I, his sons and daughters, and the global church to a level of separation and consecration. It's not what you can do. It's about what you can do with the anointing. It's about what God can do through you when he anoints you. It's not about you having the gifts that it takes. It's not about you having the skill set. It's not about you having eloquent speech or not. It's about the anointing. It's not about whether or not you're qualified or you feel qualified or you think you're qualified or someone said you are or you're not. It's about the anointing of God that is upon you. No one can operate within themselves and be effective in the kingdom. It takes the anointing of God. Without the anointing, we carry no authority. But with the anointing of Jesus Christ, your words change situations. Your, you, your actions matter. You can command an atmosphere. You can speak things that are not as though they are. 
Jehu's life changed when the horn of oil was poured upon his head. It was a time of separation. It was a demarcation. The Lord poured anointing on Jehu's life that stretched his boundaries bigger than they were when he woke up that morning. The Lord had enlarged his territory. And in this season, God is calling us to a season of separation and demarcation to where we can no longer blend in with the crowd. We can no longer blend in with the world. We can't reach a world if we're looking just like them. We have to be different. So I just want to talk to you for a few minutes about the oil. The anointing oil representing the anointing of the Holy Spirit is a symbol used in a physical realm to speak in the spiritual realm. Not only is the amount of oil important, but the ingredients are equally important. There are five basic ingredients to the anointing oil. And we can't expect the anointing if we're not willing to let the ingredients consume us as well. If you look at the measurements of the oil in the book of Deuteronomy, the greatest ingredient is olive oil. It's the base of the anointing oil. It's the ingredient that's poured out in the greatest measure. Olive oil itself represents crushing. It's the ingredient that's, uh, the only way that olive oil is produced is by completely crushing and destroying the olive. And that is when the oil flows. The authority of the anointing is phenomenal. The anointing moves governments. It moves people. The anointing breaks yokes. But you'll not be trusted with the anointing if you're not willing to be crushed. The only way the anointing can flow is through the crushing. You're not qualified for the anointing if you're not willing to go through the crushing. The second ingredient is myrrh. Myrrh represents death. It is death to oneself. For us to carry the anointing, our own agenda has to die. Because it's not about me anymore. It's about the glory of the Lord. It's not about me anymore. It's about the kingdom of heaven. It's not me that lives anymore, but it's Christ that lives in me. My life has to glorify the Lord. Your life has to glorify the Lord. I live to build his kingdom and not my own. I live to be a living sacrifice for him. And we have to die out to our own wants and our own plans and our own agendas if we want the anointing. The third ingredient is sweet cinnamon. Cinnamon is only harvested through coppicing. Cinnamon is only found inside the bark of the plant. You can't get the sweet cinnamon until you have cut deeply through the bark. It's only harvested when all of the outside has been cut off. The sweet cinnamon is only found in the deep places after the cutting away has taken place. Cinnamon is an antioxidant, and it detoxes us, and it purifies us. We can't have the anointing if we're not willing to let the Lord into those deep places of our heart and purify us. Then there's calamus. Calamus is used for healing. In other words, God doesn't cut us where he doesn't heal us. He doesn't crush us where he doesn't restore us. He doesn't break us where he doesn't pour out calamus to heal us. 
And when we've been broken and healed, then we're able to go to those who are broken and release an anointing of healing. The last ingredient is cassia. Cassia represents humility. And I love the description of cassia. Cassia grows at high elevations. You find the cassia on mountaintops. Cassia has a purple flower, and purple represents royalty. Purple is the color of royalty, so cassia is like our royal identity that we have in Christ. A purple flower growing at the top of a mountain, that is what the anointing will do for you. The anointing will elevate you in the spirit and oftentimes in the natural as well. However, the cassia plant grows bowed over. The cassia flower is bowed over, pointing to the ground. It's known as the bowing plant. So even positioned at a high elevation with a royal garment, the cassia plant bows with humility. If you're going to carry the anointing that the Lord wants to pour out upon you, you're going to have to learn to walk in humility and bow before the Lord even when he elevates you in high places. And right now, the church is being sifted. There is a separating that's taken place in the body of Christ. And God says, will the real church rise up? Will my remnant church rise up? Will my real remnant church expose themselves? Will you accept the call and push yourself away from the table and rise up and heed the call of the Lord? So in closing, if the musicians want to come, that would be wonderful. In closing, I'm going to make a declaration over you because the Lord has spoken to this body to declare the word of the Lord. We're going to declare the word of the Lord over you. So I declare and I decree that the Lord is tipping the horn of fresh oil upon your head. And you're not going to be the same when you come out of the inner chamber of the Lord. I declare that the anointing of Jehu is being poured out upon our nation right now for all who will receive it. And God says, push yourself away from the table and rise up. Come to the inner chamber where my glory dwells and lean your ear into me and listen to what my voice says. The Lord wants to show us great and mighty things. It's the timing of the Lord to overthrow wicked governments. And he's looking for a Jehu that is willing to rise up from the table of complacency. He's looking for a Jehu that will rise up from the table of comfort and will receive the transformation by the Spirit and start running toward the very things that you've been running from. Running towards the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Running towards the presence of God and say, here I am, Lord, pour it on me. I don't want just a little dab. I want you to soak me in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I want to be dipped and baptized in the Holy Spirit so that you will come out looking like him. We will not receive the victory that belongs to us through Christ, just sitting around tables talking about what we wish would happen or what we could do or what we want to see done. Jehu was hiding out with his brothers at the beginning of the day, but by the end of the day, he was riding full speed ahead, head on towards Jezebel, toward his enemy. And before the sun set that day, he fulfilled the word of the Lord that was spoken over him. He defeated Jezebel and Ahab that day. And the and those that were underneath him. 
God says that it's time to not talk about it anymore. It's time to rise up in the anointing of the Lord. Get on your horse and go to the gate, the seats of authority. Gates represent government. And we've been purchased by the blood of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and predestined beforehand by the Father for a time such as this, for the season that we're in right now. We are the army of God. Will the real army, the remnant of God, rise up and say, here I am, Lord. I want to I want to go into the inner chambers with you. I want to set my face before the Lord. Pour your spirit out upon me. Whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, it doesn't matter. I'm a yielded servant for you tonight because you have assignments that the Lord has for you to complete. You can't complete those assignments. You're not going to fulfill your destiny without the anointing of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 through 3 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Satan is raging in the nations of the earth right now, but Jesus Christ is enthroned on high and he is seeking out those who are willing to be his ambassadors until his return. While Satan is raging, the remnant church should be rising. Now is not the time to run and hide, but it is the time to arise and shine. I decree and declare that the Jehus of our nation will rise up in this hour and ride into the enemy's camp and take back what the devil has stolen from us. I declare through the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to sit around and hide any longer. We're coming out of the crowd. We're going for the gates of our nation and we're going for the gates of our city. We're going for our family members who are not serving the Lord the way that they should be. We're either in or we're out. And we have to decide, we have a choice. Are we gonna accept the call that the Lord has given us tonight? The call, the assignment that he has given the church. Are we gonna accept the assignment that God is releasing upon the church in this hour? Let us respond and rise up from the table and accept the call on the assignment that he has for the remnant church in this hour. So are you willing to say, yes, Lord, I want that. I need that. I need the anointing. I need the Holy Spirit before I can go forward. I want to leave here changed. I want to leave here with the oil of the Lord dripping off of me. I want it to be noticeable. Randy talked about that a lot this morning. And every time he had said it, I thought, okay, Lord, I know. You're telling it. You're speaking to us. You're speaking to your people. You're speaking to the body. It's the Lord's will that we leave here changed and different by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the anointing. So I'm going to ask you if you would come tonight. And would you set your faces before the Lord and seek the Lord? This is the inner chamber. This is where the presence of the Lord is. Would you come and say, yes, Lord, I need that. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the anointing. Would you stand up? Go ahead and stand up. If you don't mind, please.